Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Episode 314 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, welcoming you back on a Tuesday this week. We're a day late uh, with the Thanksgiving weekend and all the postponements with COVID. I wanted to make sure we had as much information for you. We make sure to get in the Eagles and the Seahawks game. Unfortunately, I couldn't wait for the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game that's supposed to happen tomorrow on Wednesday. Let's cross our fingers that that goes down, but I couldn't wait to get the rest of the information out with the rest of our schedule, so we'll have to recap that one later on in the week. But, of course, we are bringing you the Ballers and Stallers for week 12, and I will be previewing in the second half of this episode waiver wire pickups for week 13. Before we get into it, I just want to wish everyone again a belated Thanksgiving weekend. I hope everybody uh, had a great time. If you traveled, I hope you did it safely and responsibly. Hope you enjoyed time with your family and your loved ones, and you were able to get around by, uh, you know, plane, train, or automobile, um, and uh, you're doing the right protocols necessary uh, coming home if that's. Um, something that's uh, mandatory for you. Also, um, hoping that everybody enjoyed some great football on Thursday and, of course, the college games over the weekend and then full slate on Sunday, last night's Monday night game. And, again, we will be getting a game hopefully tomorrow, Wednesday. So let's jump into episode 314. Tomorrow uh, we have Dweez Nuts bringing in the Stat Rat episode for week 12 following into week 13 this week. And then, of course, we will be bringing in Lucas Kaser and Bobby LaMarco for the early and later games. And then Chris Benavides returning for week 13 of the TCK Pod Listener League. A lot of things moving in the TCK Pod Listener League. I'm fighting for a playoff spot. Lucas is looking to defend his title. Chris is looking to uh, get into the playoffs. Dweez and Josh um, in the Rookie League are uh, looking to battle each other for first place in the rookie league there and move up into the veteran league next year a lot on the line there in the tck pod listener league so make sure you stay tuned on friday let's get right into the ballers and stallers here starting on thursday man deshaun watson kicked off your week very nicely with 33 fantasy points 318 and four touchdowns another 24 on the ground of course he loses will fuller now i will get into that when we get into wide receivers But let's see what happens with Deshaun Watson moving forward. But the number one quarterback on the week this week, Patrick Mahomes, a cool 462 and three touchdowns, another 28 on the ground. Uh, If you watched any of this game between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, you know that most of the production for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, uh, who had a massive game, which we'll get over in just a second, came in the first quarter not just the first half, but the first quarter. These guys could have easily gone for probably 500 yards, I'm not exaggerating, over an entire game, um, receiving for Tyreek Hill, maybe six 
600 plus uh, for Patrick Mahomes. If they wanted to, they had that dialed in and they just uh, dialed it back. And frankly, it was 27, 24. They got the win, but Brady and the boys came back there and made it a little bit close for comfort, but the chiefs got it done. Patrick Mahomes, 31 points. You can't complain, but it could have been a much, much, much bigger game there. If they just kept the, uh, kept the pedal to the middle, Kirk cousins, a rare top three finish, 26 fantasy points, Adam Thielen out in this game, which makes it even more interesting. Dalvin cook, not a good game, which we'll get into in the stallers. 307 and three for Kirk Cousins. Great game for him. Aaron Rodgers up in the top four. 211 through the air. Nothing special but four passing touchdowns. You love that. Tom Brady again in that shootout with the Chiefs. 345 and three scores. He didn't have two picks, but he got those three touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets the start for the Dolphins with Tua out in this one. He passes for a touchdown. He runs for a score as well, which he usually does. Um, uh, or excuse me, he passed for two touchdowns. I apologize. I read the wrong stat line there. Passed for two touchdowns, 257 there. And Ryan Tannehill underneath him. That's who I was uh, reading next. I apologize. 221 with a passing score and a rushing score there for Ryan Tannehill. Carson Wentz slides into 18 fantasy points with basically a uh, bogus garbage time at Hail Mary at the very end of the game that was caught by Richard Rodgers. 42 rushing yards also helped buoy him, but 215 um, passing yards on this game against the Seattle Seahawks, who are the second worst against quarterbacks, the worst against wide receivers. Carson Wentz still couldn't get it done. Mitch Trubisky back in the saddle with Nick Foles out with that hip injury, 242 and three from Mitch. He did have two picks. Um, pretty good secondary from the Packers there. I wouldn't mind Mitch necessarily as a streamer moving forward if you're stuck in super flex leagues. Baker Mayfield, 258 and two. First passing score in the last three weeks. And then Mike Lennon, 235 and two as well. Phillip Rivers had two touchdowns also. uh, Taysom Hill buoys his stat line with 10 carries, 44 rushing yards and two rushing scores, just 78 78 (laughs) passing yards from Taysom Hill. Nine completions, 16 attempts, does have an interception as well. But again, those two rushing scores help there. Let's get into some stallers here, some bigger name players that you probably started that may have let you down a little bit. My man, Justin Herbert, uh, all the way across the country, his first, you know, kind of uh, cross country in uh, up in up in New York there. Uh, matchup 316, just one touchdown, one interception. Could have had a couple more, but unfortunately, um, Austin Eckler uh, took over basically um, with what Justin Herbert was doing. So. You know, great, great game for uh, Eckler and his game back. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, Herbert, just 316 and one. Matt Stafford, 295 and one with the pick. Josh Allen, 157 with a rushing touchdown and 32 yards on the ground, but just one passing touchdown there as well. Russell Wilson, 230 and a score through the air. If you watch that game, they had the game pretty much in hand the entire time. And DK could have had a much, much bigger game, but Carlos Hyde was able to get kind of a, a, a cheap touchdown there. When they got close, Matt Ryan, 185 and two, not a terrible game for Matt Ryan considering Julio Jones was out, but he is just not right when Julio is out. Teddy Bridgewater, 267, but he got kind of banged up again in this game uh, in a touchdown. Andy Dalton, 215 and a score. Jacoby Brissett, two rushing scores. So not only did he take away from Phillip Rivers, but he took away from um, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins as well. So Looks like uh, Jacoby Brissett is the goal line back there in Indianapolis. We'll see what happens if Jonathan Taylor can uh, 
clear COVID protocols. Daniel Jones gets a hamstring injury in this one, just 213, no scores before he goes out. Nick Mullins, 252, no scores and a pick. Alex Smith, 149, a touchdown and a pick. Kyler Murray, 170, uh, just 31 rushing yards and no touchdowns. First game this season, he did not have a rushing score. Um, and first game of the season, you don't have a passing score. So Uncle Bill taking care of business, and uh, the uh, Patriots get a big upset there against the Cardinals 2017. Brandon Allen, his first start with the Bengals, 136 and 1. Sam Darnold back, uh, getting rid of Joe Flacco there, 197 and none. Cam Newton, 84 passing yards, much like Taysom Hill. Um, no scores, two picks, 46 yards, no rushing touchdown this week. Jared Goff, 198, two interceptions. And Derek Carr in a smash spot, my my start of the week um, against the Falcons, which everybody else has smashed. I should have known better. Fucking Derek Carr. Two nine, uh, 215, excuse me, no touchdowns and one interception from him. Yikes. Those are the ballers and sellers for the quarterbacks. Let's get into the running backs here. Derek Henry, absolute smash. He has the number one easiest playoff schedule. You will enjoy that if you have Derek Henry still. Um, and uh, if you can get the rest of your team just to put up mild points, you should be on your way to victory, hopefully, in your league. Best of luck there. Derrick Henry, 38.5 fantasy points, 27 carries, 178 and three on the ground. Antonio Gibson, great game before that on Thanksgiving, 20 for 115 and three. Then we had James Robinson, 22 carries, 128 and one, another 31 yards on five catches through the air as well. We love to see him in the passing game. Nick Chubb. Also over 26 fantasy points, 19 carries, 144, and one. Latavius Murray, 19 carries, 124, and two. We will talk about kind of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray later on when I talk about the waiver wire column, but I lean Latavius Murray the rest of the season with Taysom Hill in over Alvin Kamara. David Montgomery, smash spot against the Packers' horrendous rush defense, makes the most of it, 100 yards, does have a receiving score, 40 yards through the air on five catches. So nice game there for David Montgomery. Kenyon Drake, 22 carries, 78 yards, and two scores. Austin Eckler back after many weeks out. Does not score, but had a great PPR week. 14 carries and 44 yards. That's ho-hum on the ground, but 11 catches on 16 targets out of the backfield. 85 yards there, so really bolstering in PPR leagues, of course. Wayne Gallman, 24 carries, 94 yards, and a score. Naheem Hines, 10 for 29, uh, and then eight catches on 10 targets for 66. So, again, in PPR leagues, these guys are really kind of bullying their uh, performance. Adrian Peterson, not much in the yardage game, just 55, but he does get two rushing scores. Ito Smith getting the work done with Todd Gurley out, um, outpacing Brian Hill in fantasy, 17 and a half points. He does get the rushing score, 65 yards there. Ronald Jones, rushing score. Duke Johnson, or excuse me, uh, receiving score for Ronald Jones, receiving score also for Duke Johnson, James White has two rushing scores. He was my uh, kind of my my waiver pickup of the week last week with Rex Burkhead going down. So James White should get the work. Now just one target, one reception, which I expect to boost because it's James White's specialty, but he does get two rushing scores there. So I like James White, but if he's not getting that passing work, I'm definitely nervous about it. Cam Akers, we'll talk more about him later on. Nine for 84 and a score. Chris Carson, Jamal Williams, also score on the day. 
Let's talk about some stellars that may have led you down, some bigger name guys. Devin Singletary, if you're still playing him, over 100 yards, but no scores there. Mike Davis, this should be probably his last game. The Panthers are on bye this week, but that gives Christian McCaffrey extra time. Just 79 total yards on 18 touches, no scores from Mike Davis. So he is probably uh, given his last hurrah unless CMC goes down again, but it has been an incredible ride for Mike Davis. Thank you for your service, my man. Raheem Mostert, 16 carries, 43 yards, and a score on the ground. Great to see him back. Just 18 touches, but he will get a lot more work as the season progresses. Great to see him back healthy. Dalvin Cook letting down, unfortunately, 22 total touches, 82 total yards, but no scores. Dalvin Cook does have a nice matchup versus Jacksonville this week, but his schedule gets very difficult in the playoffs. So, unfortunately, um, he – I mean, he's Dalvin Cook. I can't imagine you sitting him for somebody, but – if you have better options, you may have to make that call in the next couple of weeks. Aaron Jones, 18 total touches, 90 total yards. Nothing through the past game, unfortunately. Another couple of names here. Zach Moss, just 11 touches total. Jordan Wilkins, if you started him with uh, Jonathan Taylor out, nine touches, 58 total yards, no scores there. Chase Edmonds, DeAndre Washington getting a start for Miami. Giovanni Bernard, Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Brian Hill, all of these guys letting down. I just mentioned Alvin Kamara, 11 carries, 54 yards, not terrible, but one catch on two targets for 90, or excuse me, um, negative two yards. So Alvin Kamara, unfortunately, is just not, I mean, he's an RB3 right now, maybe with um, Taysom Hill in there. So again, I do prefer Latavius Murray over Alvin Kamara. Miles Sanders getting absolutely wasted in Philadelphia, unfortunately. I said that preseason. He has a lot of talent. He has had a couple of boom plays, but he has not been what everybody wanted him to be, especially if you waited out his injuries and whatnot. I did not draft him anywhere. I've had a couple of scares because I know how talented he is, and he's had some big runs. But outside of those, he has been underutilized and really underperforming in that terrible offense right now. So I hate to say I told you so, and it's you know I'm not taking a victory lap on this necessarily, but – uh, my prediction was was right uh, as far as how they're going to utilize him and um, the overall offense there. So really a bummer to see because Miles Sanders is incredible, but they're just really wasting the talent there. Eight total touches, six carries, two receptions for 22 total yards, 15 rushing, seven receiving. Horrendous. Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 62 yards, solid, but two targets, no catches through the air. Um, I expect, you know, Kareem Hunt is going to be just fine moving forward. You got to keep firing him up, of course. Brian Hill, again, just 13 carries, 55 yards, nothing in the passing game. I expected him to take over for Todd Gurley. I actually fired up Brian Hill in two different leagues, uh, filling in for Todd Gurley. But um, as I mentioned earlier, Edo Smith was the one getting to work. Josh Jacobs, a name to monitor. 10 total touches, just 44 total yards, no scores. Ends up getting an ankle injury. So keep an eye on him moving forward. We may have to look at uh, Devontae Booker um, if uh, Josh Jacobs is to miss any time. A couple of names here, Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, you're probably not playing, uh, but Leonard Fournette was probably started in uh, you know a handful of leagues, six total touches, um, three carries, three receptions, 10 yards each rushing and receiving. No good there. Those of you that tried to get uh, fancy and start Royce Freeman because he was the quote-unquote uh, backup, you know, the quarterback for the Broncos against the uh, Saints. He had eight carries for 50 yards, pretty solid. And I still believe in my boy, Royce Freeman. That's over five yards per carry. But um, he did not really play quarterback. He played a little bit of hybrid shit and 
he really didn't get a ton of work until Philip Lindsay got hurt in this game. So um, love Royce Freeman. I hope he leaves Denver this year and finds a team that's actually going to utilize him. I do think there's a couple years worth of tread left on the tires for him, uh, but it's been really sad to see him kind of go to waste there in Denver. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, just 12 total carries. Um, he did have 39 yards and no scores. So again, let you down there. Carlos Hyde taking over for Chris Carson, my boy, JD McKissick, again, just two more targets. Um, this one, I probably have to just fall on the sword here. I expected, I mean, you know, here's the deal with JD McKissick. They want to use him in the red zone, watching the game on Thanksgiving against Dallas, Alex Smith drops back out of the backfield. He looks immediately to JD McKissick. Now, Dallas has actually been very good against pass catching running backs. One of the best in the league. So I'm not surprised JD McKissick didn't do so well. I do expect him to do better moving forward, but JD McKissick should be getting more than two targets overall. It was just that Antonio Gibson could run all over the Cowboys and ended up scoring three touchdowns. So JD McKissick should be fine moving forward. I don't expect 14, 15 targets like he was getting a couple of weeks ago, but he should get six to eight. Um, and again, Alex Smith was looking his way in the red zone and then moved off of him because he was covered. I don't think many teams cover the running back out of the backfield as well as the Cowboys do. Um, they're not very good on defense, but that's one thing that they do well. So uh, I think Janie McKissick will be on waivers. And if you're in PPR leagues, especially, I think he's worth a grab. Damian Harris and Jonathan Williams uh, potentially for um, Detroit were a little bit busted up too. If you made any snap decisions with um, DeAndre Swift being out once again. Let's get into the wide receivers here. Tyreek Hill smashed. Uh, absolutely. I'd be interested to hear if anybody had Tyreek Hill um, and didn't win their matchup. You must have gone up against maybe a Derrick Henry. Maybe you went up against Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you went up against Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson stack. Maybe you went up against um, uh, Antonio Gibson uh, or James Robinson. But um, if you had Tyreek Hill, there's a good chance you got the W this week. 13 receptions on 15 targets, 269, and three touchdowns, almost 60 PPR fantasy points. I play in a couple bonus leagues that give you extra points for 40 and 50-yard touchdowns, so he actually scored 70 in one of my leagues. I saw um, a league on Twitter somebody posted where they do 10 points um, per touchdown, and they do bonuses as well for uh, over 100 yards, over 200 yards, all these other things. He actually scored like 140 points or something in that league. Mahomes was over, I think like, th uh, what was it? Like 200 points or something with what he did. So pretty extreme day for the Kansas City Chiefs. And like I said, they could have absolutely run it up even more if they chose to, but they, uh, you know, throttled it back. And frankly, it almost cost them because Tyree kill had to catch a third down uh, to ice it. If they didn't, Brady would have had the ball back with a chance to win the game. So they got it done, but it shouldn't have been as close as it was. Now, Will Fuller, number two on the week, 35 fantasy points, six catches on seven targets, two massive touchdowns, 171 yards on Thanksgiving, started your week off great. But it came out yesterday that Will Fuller is suspended for the rest of this season, six games total the rest of this season, and he suspended the first game of 2021 for performance-enhancing drugs, PEDs. Now, Will Fuller's uh, story, which, you know, there's no reason not to believe him unless it comes out otherwise. Will Fuller's story is that he got with a physician um, who was was helping him with, you know, his, his diet uh, and certain, you know, pills. And these guys have incredible uh, workout regimens and, and vitamins and supplements and everything else to keep their bodies up to, up to shape for the NFL. 
So his story is that he got together with this physician and this physician had cleared these particular um, supplements that uh, were, you know, were supposedly clean from the NFL's uh, protocols. Um, turns out that when Will Fuller got tested, it came up negative and, or, you know, he came up positive, I should say, uh, for performance enhancing drugs. Um, surprising to him, sounds like a lawsuit to me, but I'll stay out of the legal game. Um, long story short, Will Fuller basically announced yesterday that he is going to be suspended for six games. Um, so again, that's the rest of this season. He is out the rest of the season and he is out the first week of next season. He's also a free agent. His contract is up. So now there is kind of talks whether he's even going to end up in Houston next year. We do know that the Green Bay Packers wanted him during the trade deadline and they couldn't make a deal. So perhaps when he gets cut um, or his contract expires that they're able to get him for cheap in uh, Green Bay. And Will Fuller, you know, Alan Lazard is the number three uh, and Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers is pretty incredible in uh, Green Bay if that happens next year. So we shall see. Okay, moving on. Jarvis Landry, 28 fantasy points, eight catches on 11 targets, 143 and one. I'm not a huge Jarvis Landry fan. I usually don't have him in a ton of leagues. Uh, he's kind of a, just a PPR specialist, usually with just gives me a floor. Now we had said on the podcast though, that he has yet to have a regular game without Odell Beckham Jr. That didn't involve horrendous wind. Now he had bad weather for two weeks and he finally got, the ability to go out there and go up against, you know, frankly, a shitty defense in Jacksonville, but he had 11 targets, made the most of it, eight catches, 143 and a touchdown. So well done for Jarvis. Um, again, in, in plus matchups, Jarvis is just fine. Uh, but we do know that the Browns like to run the ball first and foremost. And I don't know that I can trust Baker Mayfield. Number four, DK Metcalf, 27 fantasy points, 10 catches, 177 and 13 uh, targets. Look, Darius Slay for the Eagles is fantastic. He's an all-world corner, safety, secondary. But look, DK Metcalf is all-world as well. And frankly, really starting to get his stride here uh, late in the season. And I think DK Metcalf is going to be a real problem heading into the playoffs. Allen Robinson, two touchdowns. Now, eight catches on 13 targets. So again, the accuracy not quite there for Mitch Trubisky. Five incompletions, but eight catches, just 74 yards, which makes no sense. This guy should be over 100 every single week but just 74 yards, but he does get two scores. So a rare two score opportunity for Allen Robinson, um, which is frankly his best output of the entire season, 27 fantasy points. So love to see it, but man, I can't wait till this guy gets an actual quarterback. Justin Jefferson, 26 fantasy points, 13 targets as well. Seven catches, 70 yards and two scores. AJ Brown, a long touchdown, 98 yards and a score there. Debo Samuel back. 13 targets as well, 11 receptions, 133 yards, no touchdown, but he gets it done with 24 fantasy points without a score. You love that. Amari Cooper, six for 112 and a touchdown on eight targets. Mike Evans, just three catches, but two of those going for scores, 50 yards there, 20 fantasy points. Devontae Parker, Colin Johnson, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Adams, uh, T.Y. Hilton, um, you had Chris Godwin, Chad Beebe of the Vikings, Calvin Ridley, Gabriel Davis, BC Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, all getting you over 15 fantasy points there. So if you had any of those guys, you're probably sitting good for an RB1, or excuse me, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. 
now we can go to a couple stallers again in PPR, not terrible with a 15 point floor. Um, so just a couple honorable mentions, I guess, Robert Woods, T Higgins, Muhammad Sanu. Um, I'll even throw a Hunter Renfro and Sterling Shepard in there as well. Pretty good performances. A couple bigger names though. They got you 10 or fewer fantasy points for the wide receiver position. Stefan Diggs, just 39 yards on seven catches. Marvin Jones, six for 48. Denzel Mims, if you're starting him, look, he looks great. They need to get on more of a page there. He was just four for eight for 67 yards. So hopefully he and Sam Donald can get on a better page. New Hopkins, five for 55. You need to be better than that. Now it's against the Patriots, so I'm sure he'll be fine moving forward. But that was no good. Nelson Aguilar, a good streaming option, but uh, didn't get it done because Derek Carr was terrible. Five for 54 there. Jacoby Myers, five for 52. DJ Moore, four for 61. Beat up his knee. Looks like he's getting an MRI there on by this week. He should be back hopefully for week 14. Michael Gallup, if you're still playing him, four for 41. Corey Davis, Cole Beasley, Michael Thomas, Josh Reynolds, uh, Henry Ruggs, and um, potentially uh, Darnell Mooney, if you were trying to you know, catch, a, catch gold there. Those guys let down, unfortunately, with single-digit opportunities there for the wide receiver position. Let's move on to the tight ends. Dallas Goddard doing work here. Of course, the uh, really the tight ends are the only form of offense that the Eagles actually have. And that's without Zach Ertz, of course. So Dallas Goddard and Richard Rodgers in the top six this week. Dallas Goddard, 20 and a half fantasy points, seven catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. His teammate, Richard Rodgers, three for 53 and a score on six targets. If you watch the game again, um, Wentz threw up a Hail Mary at the very end of the game for, I think it was like 35 yards or so. And uh, it was tipped by Travis Fulgham and basically dropped by Travis Fulgham and um, Richard Rodgers ended up batting it into his big paws and uh, came down with a long touchdown, but otherwise he was pretty much irrelevant. So that was pretty much Dallas Goddard, but technically Richard Rodgers in the top six because the tight end position is the tight end position. Number two, Robert Tunyon, nice long touchdown from Rodgers, five for 67 and a score. Evan Ingram, great game, most yardage by a tight end on the week, six for 129 on nine targets, no score, but he had a great couple long plays. Um, and he could have had a lot more if Daniel Jones didn't get injured in this one. Rob Gronkowski, number four, six for 106 on seven. And Travis uh, Kelsey, number five, eight for 82 and eight. So even Travis Kelsey on his workday is uh, number five at tight end. TJ Hawkinson, five for 89. Kyle Rudolph in a nice, uh, good start there uh, with Herb Smith and um, Adam Thielen out seven for 68 and eight. We'll talk more about Kyle Rudolph later on. Hunter Henry, seven for 67, 10 targets. Logan Thomas, Trey Burton, Mike Kosicki, Tyler Eifert, Mercedes Lewis, uh, Austin Hooper, Adam Shaheen for the Dolphins, and Dawson Knox also caught touchdowns as well. Let's go into a couple uh, big-name stallers that may have let you down a little bit. Hayden Hurst for the Falcons, just four for 48. Dalton Schultz, five for 24. Darren Waller, four for 23. Jimmy Graham, three for 32. And then Jordan Reed, again, not doing much with Kittle out, two for 18. Quick note on George Kittle. Of course, he did not play this week, but um, it came out today that he is potentially targeting uh, week 15 um, to uh, week 15. He could potentially come back. Um, now, they were targeting week 16 originally, and then he just feels that he could be good to go. So if he gets cleared, he might be able to be used in your playoffs. Now, if the Niners are in contention, I do think they bring back George Kittle. 
um, which right now they are, uh, even with a sub 500 record, they're in the hunt. If they rattle off a couple playoff or a couple wins here, they get the Cardinals and the Seahawks later. And if they win those two games, which are doable for sure, they just swept the Rams. So if they win those two games, they're knocking, knocking down the uh, divisional opponents as well. So there is an outside chance still at the Niners could be in the playoff run. If they are, I think they bring back George Kittle. If they're not, and they lose the next couple of games or something, and they're out by that time, I do not think they bring back George Kittle. There's no reason to. Um, and I don't think they would want to further risk, uh, frankly, I think their offensive franchise player um, in George Kittle. So keep an eye on that. Do not drop him. Keep him on your IR spot and hold tight. If he's on your waivers, shit, I mean, if you have an extra spot and you're, you're just getting rid of uh, dirty laundry at this point anyways, I would absolutely take a look at um, – I would take a look at George Kittle uh, potentially just because I think, again, maybe there's an off chance that he would be uh, valuable in your playoffs. John o. Smith, absolutely uh, not used at all. Unfortunately, when Corey Davis is healthy, John o. Smith is not usable. Let's go into the DSTs. Very surprisingly, the Falcons, the number one DST on the week, 27 fantasy points. Thank you, Derek Carr. One touchdown, one interception, four fumble, uh, forced fumbles or fumble recoveries, excuse me, and five sacks, just six points allowed against the uh, Raiders. Absolutely dismantling uh, 43 to six Falcons getting it done against the Raiders. The Panthers, number two, two touchdowns, three fumble recoveries, and two sacks. Washington football team and the 49ers is 17 points. The Rams and the Texans at 15 points. The Saints and the Packers at 14 points. The Dolphins at 13, the Giants at 12, the Seahawks at 11, and the Cardinals and the Titans at 10 fantasy points. Let's take a look at a couple of zeros and negatives that may have let you down. The Lions versus Houston, 35 points against, zero fantasy points. The Raiders, as I just mentioned, 37 uh, points against. Um, of course, that other touchdown doesn't go against the uh, off or the defense, I should say. Um, so 37 points against, zero points there. The Browns, negative one. Jaguars, negative one. The Buccaneers, negative two against the Chiefs. No surprise there. The Bears, negative four against the Packers. And the Colts, who have been a very, very good DST and defense uh, in NFL terms, uh, getting shellacked 45-26 against the Titans. Negative five fantasy points there for the Colts. Let's go to the kickers, take a quick break, and then we'll get into our waiver wire column. Young Waku, my man, the leading scorer in the NFL through Week 12, absolutely crushing it, 21 fantasy points um i mean dude is just phenomenal very accurate playing on an offense that moves the ball but cannot score so that's a great kicker to have young waku 21 fantasy points number one on the week graham gano 15 robbie gold 13 jason myers and jason sanders 12 fantasy points tyler bass and dustin hopkins 10 and he had um the following players had 10 fantasy points here Steven Goskowski, Greg Zerline, Kaimi Fairbairn, Matt Gay, Dan Bailey, Nick Folk, and Cody Parkey. And then a couple uh, couple big names that, that you may have started that let you down potentially with five or fewer. Matt Prater for the Lions, just five fantasy points. Mason Crosby with five. Brandon McManus, who had a huge game uh, back-to-back a couple weeks ago, just five. Zane Gonzalez, usually pretty reliable for the Cardinals, just five. Um, Jake Elliott, four. Mike Badgley for the Chargers, three. Rodrigo Blankenship, who has been one of the hottest kickers in the league for fantasy football all season long, just two uh, extra points in this one. So not even a uh, field goal attempt, unfortunately, for him. So those are your ballers and sellers for week 12. 
A quick reminder to please uh, give us a five-star review. If you think it's less than that, then I respect it. Fine. I want honesty. Uh, I do my best. My team does my best. Our team does our best to bring you as much value as possible. Um, I know that a lot of you hit us up in DMs and we get back to every single question. So there's a lot of effort that goes into that. And really the five-star rating um, literally takes you a couple seconds and it really helps us with the algorithm to get our podcast out. It also gives us some street cred. So if you think that we deserve it, I really honestly would appreciate a five-star um, rating on the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Play, um, Google, wherever it is, I would much appreciate it. Also, please leave a review if you have something, um, you know, constructive criticism or just a compliment and attaboy, whatever it is, uh, let us know. You can also drop us a question and DM in there and we'll get to those, of course, um, in a timely manner. You can also DM us directly. I handle all DMs personally. So if you send a DM to Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, you're reaching out to me personally. I will reach back to you personally. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can also find all of our weekly rankings, our true strength of schedule sheet. And we just recorded an episode that will be dropping later this week with the commish crew. That is the playoff primer. It's the playoff strength of schedule episode to get you ready for your playoffs, all the proper matchups for each position. That sheet is available at tckpod.com as well. All right, y'all. Let me catch my breath really quick. Let's get into the week 13 waiver wire pickups. So a quick reminder, teams on by this week, the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no teams coming off of a bye. So we had bye weeks since week four. We do not have any buys <laughs> last week in week 12. Now we have two others with the Panthers and the Buccaneers. So per usual, most quarterbacks are taken in single uh, in, in super flex leagues, but in single quarterback leagues here, are a couple of my top streamers based on their matchups. I'm looking at Jared Goff of the Rams going up against the Cardinals, seventh easiest versus quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins of the Vikings looked great last week. Didn't even have Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen should be coming back this week versus the Chargers, third easiest versus quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew potentially coming back for the Jaguars at Minnesota, 13th easiest matchup there. Tua Tungavailoa, assuming he gets the start back from Ryan Fitzmagic against Cincinnati, 12th easiest. If Tua does not play and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick does play again, then I would slide in Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Tua. Either way, they're playing the Bengals, 12th easiest matchup for quarterbacks. And finally, if you need to, Baker Mayfield versus Tennessee, 6th easiest matchup versus quarterbacks, although they just destroyed Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Um, I think that you know it's going to be a ground-and-pound game with Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry in this one. And both quarterbacks have to work off the play action. So it's going to be very interesting. I do not expect a boom game from Baker Mayfield, but if you just need, you know, 15, 20 points and you need that floor, I think he'll be able to, to have it in this one, which should be maybe a, a low key shootout there um, in uh, Tennessee. All right. Running backs. We're going to start with Latavius Murray again, last week, he was a top five fantasy running back, 25 and a half fantasy points, 19 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. He had one reception for two receiving yards, and he hit the Falcons, who the Saints just destroyed two weeks ago. So let's look at the comparison between Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara in the last two games since Taysom Hill has taken over at quarterback for the Saints. Latavius Murray has 34 touches for 211 total yards and two touchdowns, which has resulted in 36 PPR fantasy points. Alvin Kamara has 25 touches for 97 total yards and just one touchdown, which is 16 and a half fantasy points. Again, Latavius Murray has 
outpaced Alvin Kamara in everything. So 34 touches to 25 touches, 211 total yards to 97 total yards, two touchdowns to one touchdown. And what we care about 36 PPR fantasy points for Latavius Murray, just 16 and a half over the last two games for Alvin Kamara. We all know that Alvin Kamara is a top three fantasy running back when Drew Brees is healthy, but it's clear that if Taysom Hill is the one taking the snaps, he is not checking it down to Alvin Kamara and he's stealing his own red zone work with 20 rush attempts from Taysom Hill and four rushing touchdowns in just two weeks as the Saints quote unquote quarterback. So that said, I truly believe it's handcuff season anyway. So pick up your handcuffs no matter what. But Latavius Murray is more than a handcuff at this point. I think he needs to be on every roster, and I think he's a start regardless. And if Alvin Kamara were to go down with anything, COVID or injury or anything else these days, uh, Latavius Murray is a smash every single week. Absolutely. Next up, we have Cam Akers. So another kind of handcuff slash starter right now cam Akers for the rams last week 14 and a half fantasy points but he didn't get work until late nine carries 84 yards and a touchdown he gets the cardinals coming up next cam Akers seems to be taking over the rams backfield or at least kind of becoming the lead of a three-headed monster there in los angeles he scored his first two nfl touchdowns and over the last two weeks has really become the more versatile and productive back um and if we take a look at the Rams backfield, like we did the saints since their week nine bye, it really jumps out that while cam Akers has had less work last snap share, uh, less snap share, I should say, than Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown, he is being more efficient and he is getting more done. So follow me here. Let's see if we can break down cam Akers, Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown for this three headed monster for the Rams. Cam Akers has 23.3 snap percentage on average over the last three games. 25 touches, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. Darrell Henderson, 36.3 snap share percentage on average, 28 touches, 61 yards, and one touchdown. Malcolm Brown, 39.6% snap share percentage. Average, 17 touches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's a lot of information and numbers. I get it. Basically, Malcolm Brown has had, a, has had the most snap share out of the three, 39.6% to 23.3 to Cam Akers. Darrell Henderson has had the most touches, 28 to 25 to Cam Akers, and Malcolm Brown just 17. Cam Akers, however, though, has had the most uh, total yards, 141 in the last three games on just 23% of the snaps, 141 yards. Malcolm Brown has 98. Darrell Henderson has 61. Both Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers have two touchdowns. So I can't guarantee the Akers will out-touch Henderson and Brown yet, but it's clear that, you know, Sean McVay, the head coach for the Rams, has started to give more opportunity to Akers, and he's really made the most of it on fewer chances in that backfield. So Akers should be a spot fill the rest of the way if you need. Um, and if Henderson and or Brown were to miss, then Akers, I think, becomes an immediate RB2 with upside. And uh, if you're in any sort of keeper league at all, um dynasty of course i'm sure he's owned but any sort of like last minute keeper league and it counts if you pick up players off the waiver wire before the season ends or anything like that um i would absolutely look for cam makers and if you still have a trade deadline for some reason uh you might be able to try to acquire him um i do think he's going to be i don't know about a league winner that's a pretty strong term but i think he's going to be a league enhancer i'll put it uh, i'll put it that way so keep an eye on cam makers a couple honorable mentions at running back position james white again i mentioned him last week 
came out with two touchdowns. Look to see if James White's available, especially in PPR. At the Chargers, 12th easiest against running backs. Devontae Booker, I mentioned that ankle sprain with Josh Jacobs. If he misses time, Devontae Booker's already looked good. They get the Jets, 13th easiest versus running backs. Jeff Wilson Jr., my man. Raheem Mostert came back. He's healthy. Jeff Wilson Jr. was activated finally. He was healthy. Both those guys looked pretty good. Um, it's going to be Heem. It's going to be McKinnon. It's also Jeff Wilson, so don't expect big games unless people go down around him. But Jeff Wilson, I think, is a mandatory handcuff uh, absolutely for the 49ers. They get Buffalo, 10th easiest against running backs. And Alexander Madison, again, priority handcuff for Dalvin Cook. He had a little bit of ankle um, issue last week. Keep an eye on um, Alexander Madison. They get the Jaguars this week, sixth easiest against running backs. But again, the Vikings in general have a pretty tough uh, playoff schedule at um, running back. But you do want that handcuff just in case. Okay, wide receivers. Let's go with Alan Lazard. Great to see him back for Green Bay. Last week, 12.3, four catches, 12.3 fantasy points. Four catches, 23 yards, uh, and one touchdown. He gets Philly coming up. Alan Lazard has played kind of just pieces of five games this season, but he has three touchdowns in those five games. And basically it's been about three and a half because he got hurt in two of them. We know that Aaron Rodgers is craving a decent number two behind Devontae Adams and Lazard could definitely be that guy when healthy. Clearly Marcus Valdez-Scantling is not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has tried for years to have MVS be that guy, but he's just too unreliable. Um, Lazard did take a big hit on Sunday, but he did finish the game, which is good news. Assuming he plays, he should be a nice spot start uh, with all of the Tampa Bay and Carolina receivers on by. So cornerback Darius Slay, who I mentioned earlier, they got just absolutely toyed with from DK Metcalf, um, should shadow Adams, and Adams is going to get his, but the Eagles are going to have to basically leave their number two and three uh, for Lazard and Rodgers to play with. So I think he's going to be just fine. Keep an eye on Lazard. He's good for big plays. If you're in any sort of bonus league, uh, you love to have um, Rodgers' receivers just in case he wheels one back and throws a 70-yard touchdown, which he can do any given play. So I like Alan Lazard a lot for a pickup. Also, Brashard Perryman. This one's tricky. I mean, 11, about 12 fantasy points last week, four catches, 79 yards. They get the Raiders coming up. Brashard Perryman saw a 30% target share last week with Sam Darnold returning. He caught a 49-yard touchdown two weeks ago from Joe Flacco. So he seems to be the number one for the Jets. It's not Jamison Crowder currently. And it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is currently. It's Brashad Perryman as that number one. Should be Sam Darnold moving forward, but if he goes down or whatever and Joe Flacco's the guy, then Brashad Perryman has been just fine. I know it's the Jets, and I get it, but at least seven targets, four receptions, and 62 yards receiving in the last three ga- uh, in three of the last five games is definitely worth noting for um, Brashad Perryman and Really, there's five viable fantasy receivers on by this week, as I just mentioned last with the Buccaneers and the Panthers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson all on a bye this week. So Bashard Perryman might be somebody that you slide in your wide receiver three, maybe a second flex. Take a look at him. Remember, Bashard Perryman went absolutely nuclear last year in the last five games when uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans went out. Now, that was with Jameis Winston. But still, the Raiders have given up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers, and they were taken advantage of last week by a Falcons team that frankly had a gimpy um, Calvin Ridley and a gimpy Hayden Hurst, and they were out uh, Julio Jones. So I like uh, Brashad Perryman if you're stuck. A couple honorable mentions for wide receiver, Colin Johnson for the Jaguars, filling in well for um, basically – you know, uh, uh, a tough offense to rely on. It's basically James Robinson all the time. 
But if they continue to not have reliable work from, um, from DJ Chark, who's been out and from Chris Conley, then it should be Colin Johnson. So Keelan Cole's getting to work too, but Minnesota is third easiest for reverse wide receivers. They might get Minshew back. Keep an eye on Colin Johnson, Kiki QT and Isaiah Coulter um, for Houston versus uh, Indianapolis. So the 10th toughest, but this is a long-term play. Um, again, Philip or Philip, excuse me. Will Fuller is out now uh, for the rest of the season with that suspension. It's going to be uh, Brandon cooks. Um, it's going to be, you know, probably a lot of Duke Johnson, um, maybe more of the tight ends, but ultimately they're going to need help at this wide receiver position. And it could be uh, with Kenny Stills gone. It could be potentially Kiki QT and Isaiah Coulter with uh, Randall Cobb banged up. So keep an eye on those guys. Hunter Renfro for the Raiders going up against the fifth easiest um, matchup this week. Keep an eye on him again. Not sexy. I don't really trust Derek Carr ever, but keep an eye on Hunter Renfro and Michael Gallup. Look, I get it. Um, I dropped him in all my leagues, too. I was really high on him this summer, and I think he would have been fine if Dak was healthy, but that's just not the case right now. They're at Baltimore, third toughest for wide receivers. I don't love it, but keep an eye on him just in case he has uh, seen the targets, at least, with Andy Dalton. All right, tight ends, a quick review, and we'll get out of here. Tight ends, Kyle Rudolph. 13 fantasy points last week, seven catches, 68 receiving yards against the Jaguars coming up next. Kyle Rudolph has been a very frustrating fantasy asset for years right he's got lots of talent but minimum work and reliability with the run first vikings offense now that might be changing uh, at least with um, irv smith missing extended time so with irv smith out last week rudolph saw a season high in targets with eight receptions with seven and receiving yards at 68 so if he scores he ends up being a top you know two three tight end because of the the nature of the position so i like that a lot um, this week, he does get a matchup with the Jaguars, who have given up the mo- uh, second most fantasy points to tight ends. Adam Thielen missed last week as well. He should be back. Um, so there's going to be, you know, obviously more targets going Thielen's way. But if you're stuck at tight end and you're looking to stream, I think uh, Kyle Rudolph's a good, good option there potentially. A couple honorable mentions for tight end Trey Burton of the Colts at Houston, 12th toughest matchup, but we've been seeing him take wild uh, cats handoffs in the red zone. He's kind of a goal line back, too. It's crazy they have all these running backs and philip rivers and michael Pittman jr and ty hilton and blah 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 and they're basically using uh jacoby Brissett, the backup quarterback and trey burton who's arguably the backup tight end for all of their goal line work in indianapolis is insane tyler eifert my man throwing back the clock a little bit this week got a touchdown for the jaguars at minnesota next week 15th easiest keep an eye on that especially if they get Minshew back Jordan Reed filling in still for George Kittle. Light game last week, but he should be okay versus the Buffalo Bills. Sixth easiest first tight end. And then Eric Ebron. So I forget about him for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow on Wednesday, but assuming he gets out of that game healthy, he gets Washington football team 11th easiest first tight ends. And I love uh, him in that matchup there. So quick recap of the waiver wire pickups. Again, teams on by Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At quarterback, my streamers this week, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Garner Minshew if he returns, Tua Tungavailoa if he returns. If not, I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick versus the Bengals and Baker Mayfield if you need to. Running backs, Latavius Murray and Cam Akers are my pickups. Some honorable mentions, James White, Devontae Booker with the sprained ankle there of um, Josh Jacobs, keeping on that. Jeff Wilson, mandatory handcuff, and Alexander Madison, another mandatory handcuff. Wide receivers, Alan Lazard of the Packers, Rashad Perryman of the Jets, 
And then we have some honorable mentions with Colin Johnson of the Jaguars, Kiki Cutie, and or Isaiah Coulter of the Houston Texans with Will Fuller being out, Hunter Renfro of the Raiders, and Michael Gallup on the Cowboys. My pickup at tight end is Kyle Rudolph this week. And honorable mentions, Trey Burton, Tyler Eifert, Jordan Reed, and Eric Ebron. Those are the ballers and sellers for week 12 and my week 13 waiver wire pickups. I hope that's helpful for you. I hope that your teams are doing well. I hope that you've either locked in your playoff positions or you're getting ready and you're in it this week with a win. Of course, drop me a DM on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod or hit me up on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Check out all the rankings at tckpod.com. Check out our strength of schedule sheet as well. Use it to your advantage. Leave us a five-star review. Give us a uh, rating best you can and let us know if you have any questions at all this week. This is the last week. If you're not in the playoffs after this week, you're most likely out of the playoffs and your season is over. We want to get you in the playoffs. We want to help you get those hashtag TCK titles. Hit me up. I will get back to you with all of your questions. Hit me up on IG. Leave a review with your question. Hit me up on Twitter. Use our playbook that's um, uh, on tckpod.com to your advantage. Ask any questions. I've got time for y'all. I'm waiting for your messages. Hit me up. I'm getting pretty flooded. Uh, this time of year, of course, with everyone going to the playoffs, but that's what I'm here for. I'm stoked to help you out. Stay tuned the rest of this week. Again, we have Dewey's Nuts coming up next with the Stat Rat episode. We have Bobby Lamarco and Lucas Kaser with the early and late game previews. We have Chris Benavides dropping in on the TCK Pod Listener League, the make or break week for us to make the playoffs, stay in the league, move up, move down, see what happens there. And of course, I'm going to be dropping a special episode with the commish boys it's myself and lucas from tck and then the commish boys josh and chris um, as we break down once again our strength of schedule uh format our true strength of schedule sheet that we previewed on the 300th episode a couple weeks ago you can dial back to episode 300 if you haven't heard that one yet and it kind of introduces our uh our strength of schedule tool that we have available for you on the website tckpod.com and you can go check that out, make a copy for yourself, move things around and see how it works for you. It's all color coded with uh, the best matchups, the toughest matchups, and you can start fine tuning who you want off waivers. Look ahead on DSTs, look ahead on streaming quarterbacks and tight ends. If you can still make a trade, now's a good time to look ahead on that um, playoff spreadsheet and see who you can get potentially and uh, see it work out for yourself. So a lot of information stoked uh, for week 13. It's finally here this week. This season has gone extremely fast and extremely slowly at the same time but uh we are here week 13 let's get into the playoffs let's get in good position to get those tck titles i appreciate all of you thank you so much this is episode 314 of the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast dewey's coming up next i'll catch you on wednesday uh this is sky guasco i am your host and i will catch you next time i am out of here Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.